Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, tune into White Sox pregame live all summer long to catch the Miller Lite Bar of the Week. We're profiling some of the best places in Chicagoland to kick back, enjoy a cold drink, and watch a White Sox game sponsored by Miller Lite. Hey, everybody, it's Chuck Garfine. Welcome to the White Sox Talk Podcast, brought to you as always by our great friends at Wintrust. All right, take a breath because the White Sox sell off has officially begun. Moments after the White Sox lost their second in a row to the Cubs, fifth straight overall came the announcement Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez traded. To the Los Angeles Angels for two of their best minor league prospects, switch hitting catcher Edgar Caro and left-handed starter Kai Bush. On the podcast, we're going to talk about the trades. Losing Giolito, losing Lopez. What are the White Sox getting in Caro and Bush? And what other deals could be coming next? So sit back, relax, and strap it down because whether you like it or not, a new era of White Sox baseball is here. That's next. Get your Wintrust exclusive debit card. Get your Sox card. Ooh, I'll take one. How much? Actually, they pay you $300. You heard right. Get a $300 bonus when you open a Wintrust Sox checking account with qualifying activities. Enjoy all perks and purchase with pride every time with your Wintrust Sox debit card. $300? Get your exclusive card at Wintrust.com slash Sox. Only $100 required to open. No monthly minimum balance and no monthly maintenance fees. Member FDIC and equal housing under. All right, sit back, relax, and strap it down. It's time for the White Sox Talk Podcast. All right, Ryan McGuffey, we are taping this in the wee hours. It is late night, late night, late night. I'm showing um, myself. I'm showing yeah, you, myself. You're, uh, you are yeah. drinking a beer. Is that your – um, now this I've, is – I've almost drank this one, actually. <laughs> one down. One down. I just got home. Me too. Uh, after, after a uh, brutal loss to the Cubs, but let's talk about this trade. There is so much, you know, that I'm feeling and thinking. Uh, number one, it is the official end of what was supposed to be a much more fruitful era for the White Sox and everyone listening to this. That Lucas Giolito's traded uh, Lopez as well. These guys came together in the first wave of prospects in the Adam Eaton trade way back in 2016 at the winter meetings. And now they're both traded together to the angels. So uh, what are your thoughts right now, Ryan? Cause uh, we both have had a long history with both of these guys. It's, I just, I mean, you know, I, I think it's hard sometimes to separate. We do such a good job sometimes, you know, having to separate fandom and just likability to just covering the everyday aspect of a team right but today's one of those days where i just it's just sad um i know you had a really strong relationship with lucas uh, his, his family um you know i could i can count on multiple hands um probably yours and mine combined of uh the amount of not just interviews but extra time he gave you and i uh sometimes individually you me together uh, you know, he was always up for something fun, showing off, you know, his personality, bringing teammates together. I think of a time we went to Dave and Buster's in Arizona, um, with like Dylan C's and Madrigal and, um, 
Zach Birdie. Zach Birdie. And I, I I think about what Lucas Giolito Lucas Giolito represented. Like that's that's that that's the part, you know, kind of how you started the podcast here that that hurts the most is that this is the window is shut. This is the official sign that there is no more window. It's asinine that we're in 2023. And I thought, I think I, I, I'd have to go back about 150 episodes to predict when I thought the White Sox were going to be in the World Series. I think I said 2023. I might have been 2022, just some eternal optimist. But I just loved everything Lucas represented. I thought he just was like the perfect guy uh, to you know lead this team to a possible parade. And I thought he just was a great representative for the Chicago White Sox. You know, he's one of those guys I can see 15 years from now coming back to Sox West if they ever bring that back. Um, Because the fans connected with him. He connected with the fans. He embraced the city of Chicago. He loved the city of Chicago. And and even you think about that trade. I mean, I I don't want to leave Ronaldo out of this, too, because he was a big part of it. He was very impactful. And, you know, it's just, it's just a really sad thought that the White Sox are going to be the model for Major League Baseball failure because that's what this rebuild represents. There are so many examples of success. This is the one. This is the top trophy, on the, uh, the top spot on the podium for rebuild failure. And the fact that Lucas Giolito is the first guy to go hurts because to me, Chuck, he'd be a guy – for an organization that's never signed a hundred million dollar player, he'd be the guy I'd want to give it to. And that's, and that's unfortunate. Going into this, uh, going into this season, I knew this was his last year. Yep. And yet there was also the possibility that he'd be traded at the deadline. And when I thought of that in spring training, I said to myself, if he is traded at the deadline this season, is going to be a disaster. And here we are. This season is a disaster because Lucas Giolito was not only traded before the deadline, he's like one of the first guys to go. The White Sox just absolutely tanked. And I'm not saying they tanked on purpose. This whole thing just completely went in the crapper and so quickly, 21 games under 500. Clearly guys don't want to be on the team. It's very clear. We'll get to that later, but it's very clear. Yeah. I mean, this thing has just completely been, uh, it's been a disaster. And so how do I feel? Like Ozzy was making fun of me. Like we're, we did the post game show. It's me, Ozzy and Frank. And then you were the one that told me, I, I could see some commotion or like you moving a little bit because there's lights on me and you're trying to tell me something. And you're like, you like mouth the words to me while I'm on the air that Lucas Giolito has been traded. So thank you for telling me that this happened and why we broke the news on the air. And Ozzy was making fun of me because like I, as I was later on expressing the situation that this is basically, you know, how difficult this is because we in the media, you White Sox fans, like you were emotionally invested in Lucas Giolito and what this team could do. And Ozzy's making fun of me for like, you know, he thinks I'm going to cry on the air. Clearly he was joking. (laughs) I wasn't going to cry on the air, but I will say this, that after all the years of covering the White Sox, I have become essentially desensitized by all the people who have walked out that door yeah. for any number of reasons, whether they get traded, they sign somewhere else, they retire. I mean, everybody, Paul Canerco, Jim Tomey, it just goes on and on and on and on. It's, it's, it's a never ending list. So when Lucas Giolito's walking out the door, even though I, he's making fun of me, uh, I've just, at some point I created some, a little bit of armor around me. And I'm just like, yeah, this is going to happen. This guy's going to leave and that guy's going to leave and this guy's going to leave. And yet it still sucks. And yeah. uh, Lucas is one of those special players. He's he's on the, it's not a Mount Rushmore list, but, you know, I'll put, he's in the top 20 of so- favorite Sox players I've covered. Easily. Um, I agree. And that goes back to 2005. So since 2005, Lucas Chilito for me, I haven't like made a list but he's one of my favorites for many reasons. And he did everything that he could to bring a world series title to the white Sox. Lucas Giolito did everything that he could. And the fact that the Sox had to let him go, uh, it was probably going to happen anyway. 
the fact that they got, and we'll get into the trade, the fact that they actually got two high-end prospects for two rentals on paper seems to be a great move for the White Sox under the circumstances. It's crappy that they are in these circumstances, but under these circumstances to get a switch hitting catcher who could be your catcher of the future and a left-handed starter, which they need desperately for two rentals. I think on paper, a job well done under the circumstances. I hope. Um, I hate, I hate having to go into the prospect profile and break down the trade. I mean, it's being well received from the, in terms of return, I'll be honest with you. And I told you this off camera with that. I, d- I didn't see any scenario that the White Sox would receive a top 100 prospect for any trade for players that had that for, for rental players and the Sox have a lot of them. Um, so I will get, say so just to, to, unless they're trading cease and I don't well, think it's happening or yeah. Robert, I don't think it's happening. This will be the best return. The Sox are likely going to get just so uh, you can, can be prepared. <laughs> yeah. Th- and that's why it's so surprising because I mean, they have this, they got the 65th overall prospect in major league baseball. It's good to see the white Sox back in the top 100, you know, it's good to open the cupboard for the first time and see a canned good, you know, it's been you know, a while. Colson Montgomery's in there. He's not in the top. He's not in the current top 100. Actually, I saw he's going in. He went actually, in. actually, Noah Schultz has actually gone into the top. Oh, Noah 100. Schultz. Noah Schultz. Is that in there? Noah this Schultz. Shows you is, how much I've been paying attention. <laughs> Noah Schultz is 99th, and Colson Montgomery. And and because they here's what the, Chuck they you know at the, at 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 the um, halfway point you know at the all-star break they they reshuffled the deck okay. and re-rank and Colson Montgomery was out for the first half oh, of the year that's so, why. That's so, okay. so that's why so he he could easily be back in there but um yeah i mean the return is good from what we've seen from development you know i'm concerned and you know we don't know if there are going to be changes um at all at at, at any point in the front office i think it's very like rick's making these trades I think Rick's going to be here. I think it's, I feel pretty strong about that. Um, probably I, I, whether the whole enchilada's back, we'll see. Maybe it's only players who go. Uh, you know, but I, I still, yeah. I mean, you're right. Like, I, I here's what they they caught a team that two days ago, maybe maybe four days ago, that probably thought they were selling, and then. Artie Moreno and somebody looked at somebody else and said, there's no way we're trading the best player, arguably in the history of baseball. Let's just go desperate all for naught for 65 games. And because of that, you had a team that was willing to pay more to get the guy that might be the most sought after pitcher at the deadline. So they jumped, they jumped the deadline by a week. They paid a price, maybe a steep price. It's not a steep price. If you have the, if the best player in the game, I mean, show you time is the MVP. And he's likely gone. So they can get to the postseason with the best player in the game and they can get deep into the postseason. We've seen wildcard teams go to the World Series. It happened last year. Who knows what could happen with Shohei Otani in the playoffs and Mike Trout in the playoffs and Lucas Giolito in the playoffs. You know, one of those things that jumps off, like I think about, I've, I've been thinking a lot about my favorite, like Lucas Giolito, White Sox memories. First off, the no hitter. We'll never, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never forget that because of it, when he did it. He did it with nobody in the stands. Probably the hardest time to, to throw a no hitter. No fans, no buzz, no energy. Mm-hmm. Threw a no hitter against the Pirates. And I think when he threw it, like in 2020, when fans and people at home needed something to like latch onto and, and, and get a pick me up, that it was Lucas Giolito who did it, like what he meant at that time. And then his eyes in that in that start in Oakland in game one of the wild card series in 2020 when he had that like Terminator look going yeah. and he just argued I mean it probably was the best game of his White Sox career just because of it, it being in the postseason I think he had a perfect game into the sixth inning if, I, if I'm not mistaken and so you know I'm glad they got a good return um, I'd love to I'd be lying to tell you if I felt strong about it because of what we've seen in terms of development. Um, but yeah, I think there's just a lot of, of, of good, I, you know, since he's been traded in the last few hours or whatever, it's been uh, a lot of good Lucas memories have kind of come back to the surface. Yeah. 
What do the White Sox need? Well, they're going to need a catcher. And I've been asking people the last few weeks, who's catching on this team next year? Who's catching on this team next year? And they're really, let's be honest, isn't anybody. Grandal's going to be a free agent. Sebi Zabala's batting under 200. Carlos Perez isn't ready. So who is it going to be? And then all of a sudden, well, the White Sox make this trade. Now, is Edgar Caro going to be ready? He's 20 years old. He's one of the youngest players in AA. He is a switch hitting catcher. What do the White Sox need? Well, they need plate discipline. And at the bare minimum, he has that. Here is a kid who uh, is facing pitchers who are, everyone is just older, 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 older than him. And he's got more walks than strikeouts. That says something to me that he's going to come to the major leagues. At least he's going to give us some plate discipline. His catching doesn't seem to, you know, there seems to be a debate about his defense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he won the California League MVP last year. He was the player of the year for the Angels in their minor league system. Although I did look at this and to kind of give you some perspective that before the season, MLB.com ranked the top farm systems in baseball. The White Sox ranked 26th. The Angels ranked 28th. But it was t- it's top-heavy. So like, I think the top prospects in the Angels organization is strong. But think about this. You were talking about Otani. How much are the Angels going for it? They could have gotten a whole lot for Otani, a whole lot. Instead, they're keeping them. And then they trade two of their best prospects. I mean, wh- where is this team going to be after they lose Otani? I kind of like it, to be honest with you. I, I, if I were the owner, I do, if you feel like. Well, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying, like, this is the decision that they made. On, you know, and I. I prospects are prospects, man. Hey, they. While Caro is 65th overall in Major League Baseball, Chuck, mm-hmm. they have another catcher who's 29th in, in, in top So prospects. they were able to do it. So they have catching depth. Yeah. So you can give up your second best catcher and feel good about it. I will say this. Caro has 21 more walks than the White Sox leader this season. <laughs> Andrew Benatendi has 34 walks. Caro has 55. So to put that in, he has a 386 on base. Um, but in three seasons in the minor league, he's a 414 on base and an 870 OPS. So Basically, he'd be the White Sox second base player right now if that translated at the major league level. Right. So that's that's big the if. big that's the big if is is and I, look, let's pump the brakes on if this kid's going to be the catcher of twenty twenty four. I think, yeah, I think yes. Is he the catcher of the let's, future? Let's get a veteran yes. in here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, right now I think the clubhouse leaders to be the catchers are Sebi Savala and Carlos Perez. I'd like to see somebody like. Uh, you know, like a young goat type, to be yeah. honest with you, to, to sign in here, set his back up, whatever. And then you let this kid groom in AAA next year if you feel like he's ready for AAA because God knows, you know, there's this, like I, I use Oscar Colas as kind of the current example. There's no reason to rush a kid who's not ready and to put him in a spot because you need him to be that guy. It's not a reason to bring him up. So, look, the we talked about the window being closed at the start of this. The window's closed. Uh, you know, this let the kid develop. He's 20 years old. And let's see if, if he can actually come up here and be the catcher of the yeah. future that the White Sox hope he is. Uh, and Kai Bush uh, was selected at the Futures game. Uh, he was an all-star in the minors in 2022. We went 7-4 with a 3.67 ERA. He uh, has been dealing with dealing with some injuries this season. Um, ranked uh, seventh in the Angels organization in innings pitched last season. He was selected by the Angels in the second round, and the dude's very very tall. He's six foot six. <laughs> but I mean, I have I been Lucas, spending any time it. watching yeah. Kai Bush? I just saw a little bit of video no. of him. Uh, that's I'm still learning. So I can't uh, believe we have to renew our MILB accounts. Well, I've been watching. Guff, I have I, not told anybody this, but about three weeks ago, I started watching the minors again. 
I'm watching Colson Montgomery. I want, I'm watching Birmingham. There needs to be like a AA meeting for that. I know. This is I, and when I did it, I was like, "Boy, this is where we're at." When I realized that this era was, even though I we announced that the era is, you know, it's a new era. When I started doing that about three weeks ago, I'm like, "Boy, this is this is where we are right now." I I didn't watch minor league White Sox minor league baseball for what three years before since before the pandemic, and here I was on a I don't know what day it was. I'm like, "Yeah, here I am. I'm watching the Winston Salem Dash." <laughs> And I'm hoping that I'm seeing some stuff that's better than what I'm seeing in the major league team. Um, so, hey, let's uh, let's hear from Rick Hahn. He addressed the media uh, at guaranteed re- at guaranteed rate field after the latest loss by the White Sox announcing the trade. Uh, some tidbits in here, which we will react to uh, after you hear from Rick Hahn. Obviously, we're announcing a trade tonight with Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez going to uh, the Angels. I'm going to start with with our players, then I'll talk a little bit about what we acquired and and our excitement about that. Uh, You know, quite frankly, it was a a mildly emotional conversation with Lucas a few moments ago, informing him of the trade. Obviously, uh, given this club's performance over the course of the last several months it's uh apparent that these type of moves have to take place given where we're at and putting us in the best position we can be going forward uh that said uh obviously lucas's and ronaldo's tenure with the white Sox is not ending in the way that we envisioned when we first acquired them uh, and i complimented both of them not just on uh, their performances on the field, but the players they were in our clubhouse and the way they represented them and themselves in this club off the field, which uh, meant a great deal over their tenure. Uh, and they will, they will both certainly be missed and certainly both uh, can help make that uh, Angels team better positioned for hopefully a postseason run for both of them. Uh, in exchange, we're excited that we are uh, acquiring uh, both uh, Edgar Caro, as well as Kai Bush. Uh, Caro, as you saw in the release, is uh, one of the more highly regarded catching prospects in the game at age 20, switch hitting catcher, uh, who is one of the youngest players in Double A. Uh, who uh, this year has posted more walks than strikeouts and continues to uh, develop as a as a game caller uh, and is viewed by the industry, as you've seen from other publications, as a as one of the top 100 prospects in the game. Uh, Kai Bush, left-handed starter, also at AA, was in the Futures game a year ago. Uh, Kai had uh, a lat strain that derailed the start of his season, and then I believe there was a small groin issue while he was rehabbing from that, but now is back at AA, throwing consistently, and uh, he provides a four-pitch mix, uh, quality left-handed starter, someone with some uh, uh, some upside, and obviously adds to uh, uh, that category in our, in our organization. So... Uh, Certainly not where any of us in the organization when this year started thought we would be come the trade deadline, uh, but clearly moves like these in terms of putting ourselves in the best position going forward are essential, and uh, we're certainly pleased that uh, we're adding Bush and Caro tonight. You talked about your conversation, your conversation with Lucas. He has said in recent weeks that his feelings about your organization, mm-hmm. how loyal he, he feels to your organization. What was that conversation? It was was a private conversation about, you know, where he was when we first acquired him from Washington and, and, you know, some of the depths he fell to in 2018 and what the organization uh, was able to do to help get him to be the pitcher and the man he is today, the way he put it. Uh, And, you know, it was you you uh, these these aren't just moves on the back of a baseball card or something you do in fantasy. You obviously have relationships with these guys. And uh, Lucas and, and Ray in particular are two guys that we brought in with the goal of, uh, you know, winning together. And over the course of their tenure here, you know, there wasn't enough winning or as much winning as we had hoped. So that's that's disappointing. Uh, quite frankly, that's... 
you feel that for a little bit during the course of these conversations with the individual, and then we have to focus on what the matter is at hand and what our job is at, for the next several days as we lead up to the trade deadline. Do you, uh, do you look at this as, I mean, I don't know if it's fair to ask you, but is this the start of another rebuild? Is this, uh, oh, geez. Let's, over the course of the next week or so, we're going to make the moves that make sense to put us in the best position going forward in terms of declaring, you know, Titles or where we're at for the organization going forward, there'll be plenty of time for that come, come September, October. Key veterans and adding very young players. Yeah, guys that were free agents at the end of the 23 right. season, and unfortunately, the 23 season isn't working out the way we wanted. So I think it makes prudence, business, and strategic sense to add future assets for those that you know are becoming free agents. All right, Guff. So that was Scott Merkin in that rip of sound there from Rick Hahn, where, you know, what are we calling this? Is it a rebuild? Is it a retool? A rebuild, in my opinion, would be if they're trading Cease and Robert, which does not seem to be the case. Bob Nightingale reported on Wednesday that teams have been calling the White Sox about Cease and they get the same answer and it is no. He's reported that they are... Um, not tearing this down. They want to be competitive next season. So this would be, in that regard, a retool. But what next year is going to look like, it's way too early to tell. But uh, I'm hoping that can be competitive next year. They should be because this American League Central should allow them to be. Their pitching is going to suck. Giolito's <laughs> gone. Lance Lynn's going next, as, as reported. Mm-hmm. We thought he might even be scratched before he pitched against the Cubs on Wednesday night. Clevenger could be dealt. I don't know if he'll get back on the mound, or he's definitely not going to be resigned. Sixty percent of your rotation is gone. Who is who's pitching next year for the White Sox? Well, they're going to have to find it. Well, let's be honest. I know that Lance Lynn's numbers uh, are well; they're not good. Uh, I think they can find something better than the six ERA they've gotten from Lance Lynn. <laughs> So that's going to be I, that number. That, that number is a little bit inflated, to be honest with you. It like is. It is. But he's also given up more home runs than anybody on the planet. I agree. Maybe I'm not going to shit on Lance Lynn because honestly, I wish I'm there were 20. On him. I wish there were 26 of them. I wish there were 26 Lance Lynns. I just wish they played at, at positions and not pitchers. Because when your leader's your pitcher, and I know he's got to go, and I think it, it's very clear his body language. He wants out. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's he, on the mound on Wednesday. It almost looked like it, like he wanted to be scratched, and and that's and that's that that clubhouse is is ridden with a very ugly bacteria right now, and it's almost like the guys who can't get out want to get out, but they know that they're too young to. The guys who can get out are begging to, and the guys who. Uh, are on the cusp of getting out or they might not be able to get out just yet, but can in the off season. And that's where we are. How the hell did we get here? How the hell did we get here? They have a manager that's everyone's tuned out. I think this team's losing a hundred games at this point. I really do. I, I think they may lose a hundred games if they made no trades. And when it's all said and done, like your, your starting rotation this year at the end of the season it's going to be a trivia question five years from now because it is going to be ugly. And I feel bad. I feel bad for White Sox fans. I feel bad for the players who uh, – I do. I do. I feel bad for guys like Lucas Giolito, like who, who gave it, uh, everything to the organization. His parents like, were a big part of buying into – to White Sox, you know, fandom and culture and, and everything. Hey, Rick and Lindsay, if you're listening, please keep listening to the podcast. Yeah, look, yeah, <laughs> a, a quick shout out, like two, two, two fans of the podcast. Um, you know, we've gotten messages in, 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 separate, in different ways. And uh, just know, that, you know, you raised a class act and, you know, it starts at the top. And here we are. This whole thing starts at the top. And the reason it's failed is because it's top down. God damn it. I'm so mad. I'm so mad, man. It's like, it's it's like a breakup. It's like, you're sad then you're mad and you're going to be like, okay, it's going to get better. And it's just like, everyone deserves so much better than this fans. Like what a, what a screw job this has been. This, 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 this sucks. 
And we're going to do more trade podcasts, but I don't know if we'll do one that hurts as much as this one because of who the two guys that got traded tonight, because of who they were and what they represented at the time of acquisition. And and, and Rick alluded to that. Um, this is not what it was supposed to be. And no, it sucks. And like, I don't want, I'm sitting here looking at prospect numbers. I, you know, I got excited once I heard this thing was going to be a teardown. I used to, I, I was like, okay, this guy's number five. And we were ready for it. Got a 50 fastball. And I'll, I could care less actually. Like they were sorry. supposed to be championships and parades, right? Yeah. Oops. And now, and now everybody, like, it's very clear that the direction is going to continue to be the same. I play more of the White Sox Talk podcast is on the way. Stay close. We're back after this. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yeah, we don't know for sure, but that's uh, there's nothing that indicates that that is going to be anything different. Um, you know, it's uh, even though Rick was you know promising, I, w- I wouldn't say he promised it. He was he was working for it, and we were hoping for it. And baseball's so freaking crazy. I was never expecting a World Series. I wanted to see one, but we all expected this team to do a hell of a lot more than they did. And the fact that Chuck, I expected like I expected like three um I expected three straight postseason appearances. I expected like you know two straight division titles and a wild card berth. And like I expected eight, I, I know here's for, what I expected, at least an ALCS. An LCS. Yeah. Yes. And and yeah. let's get to a World Series. That's but that wasn't that, you know, because I know baseball is just screwy, but as long as you're competitive for like five years. You're gonna get. You're gonna get your chance, dude. It, it, this whole thing. What was it? Did, did it take four years? Took you announced eight. it in sixteen, so seventeen, no, it was, eighteen. But it was. It was. It was seventeen, December eighteen, nineteen, sixteen. Seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Just lost seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty. It was like almost a lost season, to be honest with you, because of the pandemic. Everybody had, and then they, they were fun in twenty twenty. Just to see baseball was fun, and that team was like a, a fun sixty game team. They got two flipping wins. Two wins, not two series, not a series, not like a, a devastating wild card loss and then progression by winning an LDS. Two effing wins, and the window is shut. We are still sitting here, you and I, after all these decades combined, as Hawk would say, in all my years. Yeah. In all our years, we've both seen one team in our lifetime. Win a postseason series. Yes, that's the case for anybody who is that should be alive. Off. And I know it makes. I know people in the White Sox organization. I know that the chaps are this chaps are ass. I know they're not like not trying. And I know right now, no one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear that they don't like that, that they care that they're sitting here trying to figure out how they got here too. They are. I mean, these people like this is their lives. I mean, yeah. Rick's probably up. Rick's probably at home tonight drinking the drinking stuff with no ice, you know, because yeah, he's probably figuring out, he's asking the same questions we are, yeah. but you know, the problem is the best guys and voices on your team are guys who take the ball every fifth day and not the guys who play every day. And when the guys who have the biggest voice are pitching once a week, who's steering the ship? Listen, if the same people are going to be taking the White Sox through this next phase, I really hope they've learned from what happened here and what. I mean, the fact that they even get to learn is that they're the, that's the, it's the first time in MLB history. <laughs> it is. I don't know. Yeah, I do. You do know. This is the, okay, this be the first time in modern history. That's that would do what that would keep getting, it. you know, keep, uh, keep getting the opportunity to 
rebuild, retool, uh, yeah. build on the fly, tr- basically get to try every possible angle. And if they're dumping salary in 2023, which is what they're going to do with all of the guys that they owe money to the rest of the year, they're going to trade as many of those guys as possible. They're not turning around and saying, well, let's reinvest. They can say that they want to compete in 2024. I get it. They'll, they're going to have some players that can let them compete. Dylan Cease, Luis Robert, Andrew Benatendi. I mean, their outfield's complete. Oscar Colas, you know, Jake Berger, if he can take the next step. Yeah, I think TA, I don't know. TA is a, is a question mark. Andrew Vaughn, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. But they need 60, they need three starters. You know, their bullpen's going to be completely. Tuki Tuki. Tuki Toussaint will be in the rotation next year, probably. I think Tuki Toussaint's going to be in the rotation this year. No, he is. Yes. And Tanner Banks will be in the rotation. I think Jesse Shilton's will be in the rotation. There's your, there's your, there's your 60%. Okay. You know what though? I, I, Actually, I'm happy for those guys, to be honest with you. I, I'm happy for those guys to get the opportunity. Um, give me some new position players. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, um, But that's a whole other I, podcast. That's – I can't – yeah, that's October. We're, we're, yeah. We're, you know, yeah, just for all of – October. That might be, like, next week. <laughs> yeah. For all, of, for all of our diehards out there that have been with us since the beginning, we started this podcast in October of 2016. Oh, man. And it was right – we knew it was coming. We knew the rebuild was coming, the mired and mediocrity comment. We knew that there was going to be – Robin was going to be gone and Ricky was getting the job. And there was, like, so much excitement that we had, you know, like for, for something that was going to be so hard. And he – and and I'll be honest with you, Chuck. And I don't know if you can think of one off the top of your head because I'm putting you on the spot. I think this. I'm going to go on record here. In, in my in my 43 years, it's this is by far the most disappointed I have ever been in my as a White Sox covering the White Sox, being a fan of the White Sox, being invested in this team both as a career and family and every, et cetera, et cetera. I, I can't think of a more disappointing outcome. This one to me, certainly of my, prof- of my professional career, hands down, easily, number one, there's not even anything that comes close. And this is after I said last year was the worst year <laughs> I ever yeah. had professionally yeah. covering the White Sox. Yep. Uh, for my life, I think it's probably tied with 1984. Because, because mm. growing up, like I was just, I was just all in on the White Sox. They were terrible. Eighty one, they get good when Reinsdorf buys the team. Eighty two, they're better. Eighty three, ninety nine wins. They go to the ALCS. They're right on the doorstep of a World Series, and then collapse. They win seventy four games the next year, and then on top of that, well, they get Ozzie Guillen with the Lamar Hoyt trade. But they weren't good in 85. Yeah. That's what I think. That's what Ryan McGuffey became a fan. I mean, so it, was like, it was just like 83 and then just for years. And then, and then Frank to kind of read the rebirth. Yeah. So, Frank, that, yeah. so that's, that's why, you know, I kind of compare those two as the worst for my life. But, that, um, I mean, but the fact that they're in the class is, I mean, that's, that's, this is bad. It's yeah. bad. That's why I say they 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 should be. Uh, this is not this is a fair assessment, by the way, not a personal attack. They should be the model for failure of a rebuild. Like when a, when 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 a GM goes to an owner and says we want to tear it down and rebuild it, they're going to go tell me that you're not tell me why you won't be the White Sox. Because now that there now there's proof that for the first time ever we have. Oh, you can be the Houston Astros, the Cubs, the Royals, et cetera, or you can be the Chicago White Sox. So tell me as an owner why I should believe your plan is not going to be the White Sox. Yeah. So, yeah, we've talked about it, Chuck, it, 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 it nauseum, you know, investment in the wrong guys, et cetera. They never – and, and I, this is not – this is not a Rick fault. So you got people, I'm, I'm not point. The blame is to be pointed at everyone, by the mm-hmm. way. Like this yeah. is not one person's fault, but 
Rick wanted to sign nine figure players. Mm-hmm. That's I'll just say that. Well, what's going to happen next is we thought Lance Lynn was on the verge of being traded. Um, he is just not. Yeah. He just. <laughs> I, would you have? Can I ask a quick question to to, to go off? Mm-hmm. Would you have started him on Wednesday? Clearly, they are not close enough to a deal. Otherwise, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to not trade. I mean, you know, this isn't like one of the top players in baseball this season. <laughs> and yeah, he's, he's got I, a lot of money too. So I don't think I. I mean, I don't know what they're what kind of return they're going to get for a guy who, yes, he has a six ERA. He's, he's getting traded. He's going. I think he's going to be good for somebody. But oh, he will. Um, he. I think he will too. Who cares? But, like, yeah, I guess the money parts. Like, if you you're just trying to get a team to take just, all I, the money. I mean, I just think there was someone jumped the gun. I mean, meaning a reporter. I'm not. I'm not saying the reporter maybe jumped the gun, but the information that was given to the reporter, given to Bob Nightingale, it was a little premature because then um, it's reported um, in the Tampa Bay Times that nothing's imminent. Oh, nothing's imminent. Yeah, I think I think you're and right. Lance He's, Lynn's making a start. Yeah, it, it, yeah. You, you I mean, there's a lot yeah. of guys who are going to be traded, who are going to be pitching the next few days because we're still like, like Mark, away. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Marcus Stroman will be traded because the Cubs have, 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 have kind of flipped the script a little bit here. But they could, you know, they could do a situation where they trade him and still add on to, but they didn't scratch him. So uh, maybe that's a bad comp because the Sox are so bad. You, you, you're scratching a guy when you know he's more than on yeah. the verge. You're, he was you're doing not physical. on the verge. Yeah, it, yeah, you're right. It, it was, you know, and he's being discussed by multiple teams still. Right. You could be like, well, we don't want him to get hurt, obviously. But or shelled, like, you or know, shelled. like, yes. that, and he didn't pitch all that well. So, well, the White Sox offense actually had the best game against Marcus Stroman of any team this year. Yeah. But, and then they quit. I mean that loss was. I mean, yeah. The, what gets what's what gets buried in the in the Lucas stuff and in, in the Ronaldo trade is is the fact that it was just an just an ugly loss, an ugly. Oh, but, you know, know they had a lot of them. Yeah, I know, I, and I, I'm now I'm now realizing that one thing I've kind of buried the lead here. Uh, you may have noticed everybody that in the open of the podcast <laughs> we made an edit. We made an edit. I can't believe we are 36 minutes into the podcast or more, and I'm finally breaking this to you. I meant to say this earlier, but I'm now reminded – I'm reminded of myself. I remembered that um, we used to have in the montage that opened this podcast for so many years, Tim Anderson saying, and you probably know this by heart by now, we have the chance to do something really special. And he said it at the time. He certainly meant it and believed it at the time, as did I. But now that we are on the other side of those hopes and dreams, I asked Claire Philpy, who produces and edits this, to take it out. And it is gone. And I hope we refill that with something much more promising for the new era. But right now, we don't have a new era uh, really much to speak of, unless I was going to take something from Rick Hahn's press conference today. And I don't feel like doing that. Once, once Rick, maybe maybe our buddy Scott Merkin can get a definition for what this is after all the trades have been made, and then that becomes our new soundbite. A reshuffle. A reshuffle. Hey, I want to tell you something, Chuck, because it huddle up because it's time to feel the power with points, but I want to give you the current odds for the White Sox to win the AL Central, which is F 30? 30 to 1, you think? Yes, I'm guessing. Well, with the points with the points bet power hour, you can get boosted odds or bonus bets every single day. Whether you're into hoops, hockey, home runs, hole in ones, the, the power's in your hands. I don't. They should give you boosters if you're willing to be completely insane and bet the White Sox to win the AL Central. You're just giving they're, away money. They are now seventy-five to one. Ooh. wow! The Tigers are thirty-five to one. Think about that. Five to one. We and I've been telling you this. I've been saying to I'm like, why the hell are we? Ca-? We're sitting here like, well, the Twins lost today. Who gives a shit? <laughs> you know, you got to get. You're not even close to the Tigers. You're not even close to like. And then then there's Cleveland, and then there's Minnesota. I don't want to hear about the Twins anymore. 
the next time we're going to see the twins is probably October. So new customers will receive up to a thousand dollars of second chance bets. That's 10 straight days. You should get 30 straight days of second, second chance bets. If you bet the white Sox right now, points, bet will match your losing wager and bonus bets. Download the points, bet app today using code shy talk, 10 points, bet your move. I will say this. That'll be the last time I, I there's a, there's a rule about betting with your head and betting with your heart. And when I think that I, I I'm going to do this by memory. I think the White Sox got to 27 and 32. And they were like nine and a half to one. And on the podcast, we were like pounce, 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 pounce. And I was, I know I had, I was going to points bet and some other competitors had a little skin in the game and other places. And I just realized recently that all I did was lose more money. You know, I could have taken my kids to dinner. Instead, I, uh, Got emotionally invested again. So I got a text from a former White Sox player mm. <laughs> that, that reads, This team is god awful. <laughs> I thought this Think was their win- I thought this was their window. <laughs> <laughs> what a Think mess. Of- oh my god. What a mess. Well, this is where we're at. It's the middle of the night. We need to go to bed. I know. So does that you know, li- White Sox player. And, um, you know, uh, we've been all through this together. We did not think it was going to be this, and it is this. And, um, you know, I, got, I don't know what more to say than we've been let down, disappointed, and hopefully better days are ahead. But we haven't see, we don't see those right now because unless you really have been watching the California league and you know a lot about <laughs> Edgar Caro. Edgar Caro is, could be our, you know, our, our future, I don't know, White Sox star. And I sure hope that in five years we'll be able to look, look back at this podcast and say, look at the day when the White Sox got Edgar Caro and Kai Bush in that trade for Lucas Giolito as a rental with Ronald Lopez. And we can look mm-hmm. back at this and be like, wow, what a steal. But we're not feeling that right now. Right now we're feeling abused, used and abused for <laughs> what, what has happened to this White Sox franchise the last couple of years. Yeah, maybe we, we could still be saying thanks, Adam meeting. But it, uh, honestly, I'm going to sign off. by. But uh, uh, my last thoughts will be this. Thank you, Lucas Giolito. Yeah. Thank you for giving all of us, uh, f- you know, from the top down in, in the media as fans, um, you know, I have a son that is a huge Lucas Giolito fan. So, you know, I had to text him tonight. He's, uh, he's, he's on a trip, uh, that Lucas was traded, you know, and, and the first question was why, and that's a hard conversation when you're a parent, you know, to, and, and I'll, I'll have it to him when he's in person, but thank you, Lucas Giolito for representing, uh, everything that, that, what, what, what class is, um, what the White Sox, uh, should be and are about and you know thank you to his to his parents Lindsay and rick i mean they were they were fans of us they they bought in you know we bought into the rebuild truck they bought into us they 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 responded to stuff they listened to the podcast they loved watching the broadcast they loved everything about it i think that 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 will continue and knowing lucas i think he'll always be a fan from afar um and you know what right now and I don't think this will change with any other trades that are coming. I'm a huge Los Angeles Angels fan. Hmm. I want the I want the MVP of the league. I, I want Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in the playoffs, and I want Lucas Giolito to be starting like game one or two. Like that'll be that'll be awesome. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hitch my wagon to the LA Angels. Um, I'm glad it's not somebody like the Yankees or something because that would be tough. So good for Lucas because he gets to go home too. We didn't mention that. Yeah, he gets to pitch in his backyard, and um, so that's all I want to say is like one more kind of thank you for saying yes to every time we ask you to do something. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes off the beaten path that were different that were going to take two, three, four, five hours. Uh, sometimes two, three, four, five minutes, and it just were a class act from start to finish. So it yeah. sucks for us too. Yeah, White Sox acquired a, a pitcher we had never met back in 2016 and we found out that it was uh, a pitcher who was so much more than that 
He's a, an incredible human being, uh, really cares about people, really cares about winning, cares about the fans. Uh, when you acquire players and players come and go and they're just baseball players and they come and go and they make zero effect on your life. Uh, Lucas was much more than that. And um, I've had a lot of conversations with his dad, many, many, many conversations with his dad. And uh, he was all in with the White Sox. Ethan Katz, I mean, that's another part of it, is uh, his former pitching coach from high school and was brought in mainly because of Lucas, because of the uh, relationship that he had. And uh, so that's a big loss for Ethan and a big loss for us and everybody. And what are you trying to show us here? I wanted to show you, this is the first no. time I met Lucas Giolito. <laughs> the very first time I ever met Lucas Giolito, this is what he, this is who he was. So he looks like he's 12. That's oh, that well, Canapolis. Well, no, he was never in Canapolis. Oh, the night. No, this is Charlotte, but Knights, that's right. You know, that's the point though. The point is like you, we get invested in these guys in a different way. And when you get to know these guys at like grassroots level, ground level, where they're riding the bus in the minor leagues, Chuck, you know. And so you just, you know, like you get invested into them, you, you celebrate their accomplishments and, and they're, and, and you feel for them when they're struggling. And uh, I think it's okay. Like sometimes I think it's okay to cover somebody and, and actually root for them too. And this is a person at this point, I'm a big fan of people, good people. And that's what hurts about this trade. You knew it was coming. We both knew it was coming. And, I'm a fan of good people and Lucas is good people. So that's, uh, yeah, that's it. All right. I'm going to go to bed. It's late. <laughs> I'm tired. So we are wrapping up the podcast. Uh, guys will have, uh, guys and gals, uh, we'll have plenty more podcasts. Uh, we are here for you. We do this for all of you. And so, uh, what is coming next? We don't know, but, uh, whatever it is, um, be listening. To the White Sox Talk Podcast, brought to you by Wintrust, your home for White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Go to the special White Sox webpage, www.wintrust.com slash Sox. Hawk Harrelson, take it away. Thanks, our Chuck. And this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast is over. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.